0: It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth.
1: Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey, welcome in Stinking Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Uh, Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans, Millennial Ben, helping out with the production as well as Scott the Huff. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, presenting sponsor, uh, the great folks over at Sweet Sweat, sweetsweat.com for more information. And I tell you what, during this pandemic, they've been great. Not only their products, but all their exercise equipment, all the exercise bands because the gyms have been closed. Um, have helped me. Mike, I've actually lost 10 pounds during the, uh, Whoa. during the quarantine. Now there's so, an endorsement. Yeah, right. So I've actually <laughs> lost 10 pounds. And, if they can do it for Sting. Right. If they can do it for me, <laughs> they can do it for Eddie because my, my diet really hasn't cleaned up that much. It's been, it's been, uh, working out with the exercise bands and then being in my yard, uh, mowing and, and trying to stay out of the house, you know, away from, uh, my wife's projects indoors. So, uh, that's what's really helped me. But Sweet Sweat, check them out, sweetsweat.com, and you can also find them um at uh, on their social media feeds at sweet sweat so buddy how are you man
0: i'm doing all right it's been an, an intense week and uh with everything that's been going on in our country sports did cross over into it with with the drew Brees story so i mean let's just let's just start there
1: right uh, where, where are you at with all that well you know what it's, it's interesting mike because um i think there's a i think there's a real opportunity here for the nfl and in the locker room to help once again, kind of lead um, in in a healing process that obviously needs to take place. Um, you know, I thought I thought first and foremost, like Drew Brees came out right, and, and what did you like? Initially, you heard his comments, and and it was all about the military. And he talked about his grandfather's fought, and when he sees the flag, you know, he puts his hand over his heart. And there's no way that he is going to you know kind of accept the kneeling or accept disrespecting the flag. Like, what were your initial thoughts? Well, I, I had
0: two. I had two. First of all, I I completely understood why so many people in the game and even his teammates reacted the way that he did. They did because it. I didn't have a problem with him coming out and saying why he stands for the National Anthem and why he believes so strongly in it. There's nothing wrong with that. I, 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 I feel that way as well. One of the reasons I look at the flag and one of the things I see when I look at the flag. But the, the inability to, in the same breath, show some empathy and say, while this is what standing for the anthem means to me, I can understand why Colin Kaepernick did what he did, or I can understand why so many people feel the way that they did. And with everything going on in our country, it's a discussion that we need to have. I can understand, appreciate their point of view. He didn't do any of that. It was just, I, I, me, me, and that's what upsets so many people, and that's why I think he deserves the kind of criticism that he has received. Just that that failure to show empathy to what mm. so many people are painfully dealing with over these
1: last couple of weeks. Yeah, he came out and took a hard line stance, and the thing that I found um, like tone deaf about that, or maybe even disingenuous, would be a stronger statement. Is that he has lived through this. He has been in that locker room. He has seen the kneeling. He has heard the voices. He has had the conversations. And this has never been, ever, has this been about disrespecting the flag or disrespecting the military. It has simply been a protest. And, you know, it was named incorrectly in the first place the anthem protest, which got the hair on people's necks standing up and say, how can you protest the national anthem? You know, we're angry, and, and we can't see beyond that, right? I heard Ernie Johnson from TNT say, you can't use the flag as a blindfold. And I completely concur with that assessment. So what Drew Brees failed to recognize is what the protest was truly about. It wasn't about disrespecting our military or disrespecting our country. It was a peaceful protest that was basically stating, guys, there is police brutality and there is um, racism in this country, systemic racism in this country that is inappropriate and that we, we need to recognize this so that we can start a healing process and so that we can change And you were a part of those locker rooms. You were a part of those discussions. And you chose not to address it. And that's the disappointment. Man, I saw Malcolm Jenkins and his video to his teammate, Drew Brees. And it was uh, was so raw and so emotional. And it went beyond anger, Mike. It was hurt. You know, I think about a movie Braveheart remember the movie Braveheart sure and and one of the one of the noblemen was a guy by the name of the character was Earl the Bruce and he betrayed Braveheart and there's a scene where he's saving break like he, he is picking him up and he's going to carry him off before you know before he's before he's killed before he's murdered and he's got the, the you know he's got the, the mask on right. He's got the suit of armor on, and he takes off that suit of armor, and it's when Braveheart realized that he betrayed him, and it wasn't even anger; it was just this unbelievable disappointment in what he had done, and the fact that Drew Brees knew. What went on in those locker rooms was part of those discussions and he chose to take a hard line stance and not recognize it, he becomes part of the issue. The part of the um part of, of perpetuating, you know, the issue and part of keeping the blinders uh, on on people. And, and that's the part you know, that was, I think, so disappointing to so many. You know, Drew Brees says you know, in his apology the next day, he was insensitive. He lacked awareness and compassion. And, and that's where I want to take this, Mike, because I've been asked by you and several others about can this relationship be healed in a locker room? And I heard Shannon Sharp talk about, well, he ought to just retire because it'll never be the same. But here's what I know about locker rooms in general. Drew Brees made a statement. He apologized. And his teams, his team, for the most part, I think, readily accepted it. Now, it doesn't mean that things haven't changed, but they did accept that apology, right? They did come out and say, hey, man, you know what? He made a mistake, and, and he's moving forward, and we're moving forward with him, right? We've created this brotherhood. Here is the The beauty, I mean, the locker room is such, like, it's such a great place. Like, people always ask me about injuries and and about, you know, do you have any regrets? And, man, football has given me so much more than it has ever taken from me. And the beauty of what has transpired, even with the Saints locker room, to me, Mike, is that the forgiveness and the compassion and the empathy that we, as white people, have never been willing to give the black community is going to be given to Drew Brees by his teammates. You want to talk about a model for healing and how our country should look at the systemic racism and the issues that we have as a country watch watch this watch this locker room as a model for how we need to react as a country watch guys who have who have been targets who have been discriminated against because of their color of skin watch them embrace their teammate in love in forgiveness watch them embrace their teammate with empathy and work together to heal a country. I I wish that
0: more of our society could mimic and emulate a a sports locker room or the team. It's been certainly glorified in movies. You think about, remember, the Titans. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a better example. But just to to anybody listening, anybody who played college ball, high school ball, think back on the teams that you, you played on, basketball, football, baseball, whatever the sport was. Did... Did you like everybody? Did you – were these people, were these guys, were these young ladies that outside in the hallways and classrooms and in uh, uh, changing classes, were they necessarily your, your best buddies? Did you get along with them? Probably not. But you know what happened? When you went out to play or practice, you had that guy's back. He had yours. And that is – something that is very unique and and very special that goes on. It's what I think is one of the benefits of of playing sports is to be able to experience, and be part of that. So it would not surprise me if that is what we're getting to look at almost like a case study there with the saints Mm. and and even a a story that got some national attention, but maybe got brushed aside once uh, the breeze story took over, but Vic Fangio head coach of the Broncos, where he was asked about it, and he made headlines for saying, I don't see racism, there is no racism in the NFL. Now, that, that first part of his comment is what drew the headlines, but if you went back and then listened to the second part, he immediately started talking about in the context of the meritocracy that goes on within the locker room. Now, did he make a mistake to not speak about and recognize what goes on maybe outside the game? Probably, but he was talking specifically about what you're talking about, what goes on in the locker room, what goes on in the field. And that great equalizer that being part of a team is, and in his opinion, some 30, 40 years of coaching, he never saw examples of of racism in that environment. But that part of the comment sort of got, you know, got covered up,
1: got, you know, got forgotten. Right. right. I think I think when you get full context and. And, again, that's why Drew Brees got the heat that he got is because he didn't give full context, right? Like, if you can just put your biases aside, if you are one of those people that's just like the military and it's disrespectful, if you can just set that aside for a second, right, and really look at the whole picture and really look what um, these peaceful protests have been about, You know, and and really try to understand, to be slow to speak and quick to listen and let it affect your heart. I mean, I don't know how you can let it affect your heart with what we have seen um, and the videos that have been displayed in in the murder of George Floyd. I don't know how it can't affect your heart, Mike. I I really don't. Um, I understand what what Vic Fangio was trying to say I understand and I think you know most people do that he was talking about the meritocracy of football and you've got to earn it and it doesn't matter where you came from if if you know the best players get to play and the beauty of a locker room man, I spent the majority of my adult life in a locker room man and the beauty of the locker room is is watching guys come together that are from different backgrounds and different, you know, different cultural backgrounds, economic backgrounds from the north from the south from the east and the west and guys come together and embrace each other's differences and start to understand that our differences are truly a strength. You know, one of the greatest things uh, like the most memorable part of my career, Mike, as as a professional football player, my 6 years in Denver on Friday afternoons, we would shut down our offensive line individual meeting a half hour early. And this was this was our coach, Coach Alex Gibbs. And it was a way that we could discuss our differences and understand that we had a lot more similarities than we really did differences. And he would take a topic and he would put it on the board. And we would discuss it as men for 30 minutes so he said all right here's what i want to ask you and he goes stink you come home one day and your son says hey dad i'm gay how do you react what do you do and then all of us collectively put ourselves in that position and we started discussing how we how we react To whatever the situation was, that was just one of the many, every Friday afternoon for a half hour, we put a different topic up there. And so that was just one that, that, you know, that you, you thought about at the time. And what you found out is that even though we were from all these different places in the world, you know what, we really had a lot more similarities than we did differences we all wanted the best for our families. We all wanted to work hard. We all wanted to share in that success. We're all willing to sacrifice for one another. And, and that's the beauty of it, Mike. You know, I look at our country in general and I think about public service, right? Whether you're a police officer or a fireman or whether you're a politician. And I believe that most people get into politics because they want to serve the public. But at some point, they lose sight of, of what they really got involved in it for. You know, the Bible talks about, and one of my favorite parts of the Bible is Philippians. It's Paul writing to the church at Philippi. And he's writing to the church from prison, right? And he's encouraging them with a letter about being united in love and united in spirit, um, having the, you know having the same love, having the same spirit. And chapter 3 says this, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit but with humility of mind, treat others as more important than self, right? I mean, it, it is such a beautiful statement, even in, I'll take you to another scripture that's a favorite of mine in Mark 10:45. Even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And here's what I would hope that Drew Brees would understand, is the grace and the empathy and the compassion and the where and awareness that he was unwilling to give in that statement on Yahoo news is exactly what his team is going to give him. And I would hope that he recognizes that. I would hope that we recognize that. And I would hope that we would extend that grace and that empathy and that kindness and that love that our, our community our African-American community, the black community has been, um, has been uh, not given. I, I don't have the right word. I'm sorry, but that that have, they've been denied for hundreds of years. I mean, hundreds of years. Um, so that would be that would be my hope, Mike. Um, and you know, I just um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm heartbroken for our country right now. But I will tell you this about 2020, um, and I know a lot of people have said that 2020 has been. A horrible year um it's been terrible with coronavirus and the riots and the the murder of george floyd and the continued uh systemic racism that is part of this country and has been part of this country since you know um since uh slavery but i, I would say that 2020 we we refer to that as vision and clarity right and it has given us some clarity and it's shown us where we are, and and honestly, I think to a degree, what we're about, and um, and it gives us uh, real clarity on what we need to do to change it. So, that would you know, that would be my hope. And um, and anyhow, I know that it's kind of a deep podcast for today. And um, no, hope- you're right. It's 2020 has
0: tested us in ways that and has revealed things in a way where we, we have. You're right. We've learned a lot about the collective us. We've learned about us, you know, ourselves, Mm -hmm. and I think that the lessons of of 2020 are are going to be felt for a long, long time. I mean, this was a, this was, this is a watershed moment in in history. This is one where uh, they're going to be teaching classes about this year. This one's going to go down in the history books. So we're living it. So yeah, there's there's no doubt we're gonna we're gonna learn from it hopefully be better for it
1: right and i would like to say this just in regards to our leadership in this country and you know our political leadership and and the people that have been placed in in positions of leadership um i would like to say this that i think as men we've been sold a bill of goods on what strength is right you know we talk about we talk about sexual conquest, and we talk about um, you know dominating, and we talk about all these things. And we've seen our leadership, we've seen our president, you know, talk about strength. The true strength is what you're going to see from Malcolm Jenkins and and um, and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, who are going to open up their hearts and forgive. True strength, in my mind, is about forgiveness. It's about compassion. It's about love it's about kindness it's about embracing um people and loving people and that's that's true strength and that's the strength that i hope america i hope we're strong enough to actually put down that bullshit bill of goods we've been sold as men from the time we were little don't cry big boys don't cry Right. You got to be tough. Hey, it's all about, you know, it's all about money and it's all the bullshit that we have been sold as men since the time we were toddlers. And I hope we can set that stuff aside and we can have true leaders who honestly care, um, who honestly love and who honestly have empathy and compassion that we can heal this country and, and we can. You know that we can stop um, dead in, it, dead in our tracks with the things that we have done that have been um, just have been abysmal, horrific. So that would be my hope. And I know this one's kind of deep, but yeah. um, that's kind of where I'm at.
0: Well, that's kind of the week it's been uh, yeah. in in the NFL. It, it really isn't about the the other stuff, and we can get to that next week. You know, your your Aaron Donald is the best football player in the nfl got some got a boost and uh no right. joint practices there's plenty of nfl news there always is but um that's maybe a topic of podcast for another day
1: yeah you know what we will uh we'll move on to the uh to the business of football um like you said uh another time but i i just i just think it's this one was important to to talk about and and hopefully you know hopefully it it um you know, it hits the mark, and, and hopefully um, people understand where we're coming from. So I just appreciate you, man. I appreciate uh, our friendship and um, appreciate uh, working with you on a day-to-day basis. It's just been such a pleasure, and uh, I'm not going anywhere. I just, you know, yeah, I feel please, a little melancholy don't. right yeah, now. Please don't. <laughs> all right i love you brother all right, man, uh, you too. All right we'll talk to you guys later and love all you folks for listening thank you so much uh we really appreciate it thanks to the great folks over at sweet sweat who are the presenting sponsors of this uh podcast please share with your friends and uh with your family and uh, we thank you so and remember, much for listening if
0: if mark can lose 12 pounds doing it poof,
1: think what it'll do for you yeah hey man i'm on i'm on fire right now <laughs> right i'm on i'm on well Yeah, maybe not. All right. But I'm (laughs) going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going, I'm going, Mike, I'm going in the 240s. Woo! i I have never seen that in a long time. I finished the football season, you know, because Fox, God bless you guys at Fox, they do such a wonderful job of feeding me. It's like, (laughs) what, you're going to feed me again? Okay, I'm in. Um, I finished the season at 268. Today I was 258. I am going into the 240s. Mark my words. Ooh, I don't think I've I
0: seen have... you in the 240s in a few years.
1: No, and uh, when I'm in the two, when I get into the 240s, Mike, I might do our show live in studio in nothing but a thong.
0: You know what? You
1: could be 288.
0: I think you'd still want to do that.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's a good point. Actually, because no, you I, don't lack
0: confidence. Yeah,
1: you will never see me in a thong. <laughs> trust me. Um, I hope not. Anyhow, hey, man, for everybody involved, the Stink Truth podcast, we really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll be back with you next week. Hopefully, um, hopefully, you know, uh, uh, with some lighter topics and some better news.